0: Before we get started, before any of this starts, I'd like to remind you that you can experience an ad-free version of this by clicking the link in the description that says plus.acast.com s slash radiofreecatholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Exsurgat Deus disipentur inimici et fugi anci o eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered, and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. <clears throat> it's three o'clock in the morning as I record this Christmas morning. And I feel like I've just been hit with tidal wave after tidal wave after tidal wave of something that needs to be said. I think I know why the third secret of Fatima has not been released. I think I know why Garabandal has been undergoing suppression. I think I know why the apparitions of Our Lady to Sister Mary Mildred in Ohio are discounted. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti, Amen. Sancta Mija l'Arcangelae, nos in proelio. Contra necuitiamet insidias diaboli asto praesidium. Imperatilideus supplicus de bramur, duke princeps militae calestis, satra mal que spiritus malignos cap per the tione in mundo divina virtute, in infernum trude. Amen. Cor Jesus sacratissimo miserere nobis. Mater dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Sancti Joseph, ora pro nobis. Domino ostendif hacium turmitat salvi erimus Maria purissima Immaculata conceptio est in nomine patris et filii et spiriti sancti Amen The Marian apparitions have a common thread a very common thread But Garabandal and Our Lady of America stand out to me. Our Lady of America stands out to me because the apparitions began in the 50s, during the time when they were conducting gender identity experiments on children as young as four years old in the United States of America. Oh yeah, that's right. The transgender ideology that we are facing today began in the United States 70 years ago. And Our Lady was here to try and stop it. The message of Our Lady of America, and a lot of people don't know this, but she's got statues Her statue is present in the Basilica of of the Immaculate Conception. The apparitions were supported by then Bishop Burke, Raymond Burke, now Raymond Cardinal Burke. But Raymond Cardinal Burke wasn't responsible for the actual approval of those apparitions. Bishop Vigneron Of the Detroit Archdiocese, now Archbishop Vigneron, was, and Archbishop Vigneron did have at least, excuse me, the presence of mind to state that the apparitions of of Our Lady to Sister Mary Mildred, or Sister Mary Ephraim, excuse me, her name is Sister Mary Ephraim. Her given name was Mildred. He did have the presence of mind, at least, to say that the apparitions could be followed and could be believed in, and they would not be detrimental to the faith. Which is important, because Our Lady asked that we consecrate ourselves to her Immaculate Heart, that we carry the banner of purity, And this is specifically having to do with sexual purity, given the fact that Our Lady would know full well that the final battle would be against marriage and the family. And that the utter destruction of the family would be taking away the chastity of the youth. Because without chastity, you you can't have marriage. Marriage. not without adultery, not with, not with an overabundant amount of fornication, you cannot sustain marriage, which means the families break apart. Which means, well, us being men, we, men being, meaning mankind, we have to find some other way because marriage isn't working. Despite the fact that we are, our lack of chastity, Our lack of modesty, our lack of purity, is the reason why marriage is unsustainable. Makes it easy to break up the family, because mom and dad aren't really that committed to one another, because, well, I mean, why buy the cow when you get the milk for free, etc. And Our Lady would have known that, which was why she issued that clarion call. Particularly to the United States of America, because there would be no country on earth, evidently, that would denigrate and set aside marriage so thoroughly. She came to America because American Catholics were desperate for a mission. Remember that this is the 50s. And so the apparitions of Our Lady of America were not directly suppressed, but the information was unable to be disseminated by any church because somebody had managed to interfere and get the copyright for the messages, for the diary. For all of the information contained therein. <clears throat> and if you go and actually do the research of Our Lady of America, you read the diary, read the PDFs that are, you know, transcribed, it's very obviously a Marian apparition, a series of apparitions that would be denigrated by a bishop who does not believe in the supernatural. And if you doubt my assertion that Bishop Vigneron, Archbishop Vigneron, doesn't believe in the supernatural, then you should see the way he runs the Detroit Archdiocese. And our mutual friends over in Ferndale, church militant, can definitely tell you that there's absolutely no way that that man believes in the supernatural because... He is one of the most corrupt bishops in the United States of America. And Cardinal Burke was fairly successfully sidelined, despite the fact that he himself had the desire to promulgate this apparition. Because he knew. And with all due respect to the good cardinal, the fact is he looks like a caricature of a cardinal. And I'm sure that not a small amount of that has to do with the fact that through the course of his life in the episcopacy, he has been put through so much stuff that he just did not have the spiritual stamina to sustain. And you can see it by looking at him. You've been able to see it by looking at him for many, many years. And I do like Cardinal Burke. <clears throat> There's something that seems to happen to bishops in the aftermath of the Second Vatican Council. And there aren't that many who were able to stand. Although it does seem to be changing. The tides do seem to be changing. But I do have a devotion to our lady of america because i do believe that those were supernatural events and i do believe that that i mean looking back over the last 70 years the message was clearly from heaven the call was clearly from heaven look at what happened to america at some point i'll go ahead and repost I have to go find it in in my archive and download it and repost the information that I published about Our Lady of America. But I challenge you to go there, to read the documents, to read the prayers, to look at what Our Lady was looking to stop in America and tell me had that message been promulgated, do you think she would have succeeded? Do we not suffer under the yoke of sin, the very same sins that she was talking about? Then you have the message of Garibandal. lead good lives go to confession receive the eucharist the focus of our lives is on the eucharist you look at the historical context of of the apparition of garabandal the apparitions began in 1962 Funny, something started shortly after that. Oh yeah, the Second Vatican Council. The message was focus on the Eucharist, live good lives, stop sinning, pray, do penance. Sound familiar? Should sound familiar. It's the same message over and over again. But tied to that message was this message. Priests and bishops and cardinals are on the road to perdition, and they are going to take many souls with them. Our Lady's message in Garabandal, during the Second Vatican Council, was that priests and bishops and cardinals are on the road to perdition and they're going to take many souls with them. And then you look, and of all the apparitions, the only one that they've really been able to keep enough quiet about was the apparitions of Our Lady to Sister Lucia, and Jacinta and Francisco. And they were able to button down and not reveal the vital part. The vital part, which would be the third secret, the 25 lines on a single piece of paper that would seem to allude to something catastrophic that Father Malachy Martin alluded to many times, but could be summed up in a nutshell that Rome, the human element of the church will lose the faith And that that great apostasy is going to be from the top down. And we have to narrow this in because you have to take in Our Lady of La Salette. You have to take in Our Lady of Buen Suceso. You have to take in all of the other apparitions, Our Lady of to to surround it and sort of fill in the gap that seems to be that Rome loses the faith and that the bishop of Rome or the Holy Father himself is going to be spiritually slaughtered and probably end up in hell. And whether he's a martyr or not, it seems to be that he's a martyr but that's kind of difficult because it seems in our lady in 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 the fatima revelation that there's the holy father and then there's someone that they believe is the holy father a bishop in white we thought it was the holy father we had the impression it was the holy father Gotabundal talks about bishops and priests and cardinals leading the people to perdition. It's explicitly in the message. That's why it was suppressed. Nobody wanted to believe. Oh, surely we're the bishops. We're we're the clergy. We're the ones we're the ones who are responsible for these souls. There's no way we would abandon our posts. No way we would abandon our post, despite the fact, all evidence to the contrary. Most especially in the course of the last 60 60 years since the council, the priests, the bishops, and the cardinals have been the greatest stumbling block to people actually following the faith over the last 60 years. Priestly vocations in Spain went from an average of 8,000 per year to 1,000. 26,000 religious abandoned their vocations. Worldwide, 98% reduction in vocations, both to the religious orders and to the priesthood. They took attention away from the holy sacrifice of the Mass, the actual, real presence of our Lord's body, blood, soul, and divinity. And they cheapened it and handed out like carnival candy at what is supposed to be the Holy Mass, written by a Freemason using rubrics that may as well have been written on a barroom napkin. I believe that Garabandal is worth believing in because the messages from Garabandal have already come to pass. I believe that the apparitions of Our Lady of America are true because we've already failed the mission. Our Lady said at Fatima that the final battle would be against marriage and the family. The final battle. Do you know what the word final means? It means that there's probably not going to be any more. So as soon as the church goes into full eclipse, God's going to send one last shot. And that one last shot, as prophesied by Blessed Marie-Julie Jehenny, and confirmed at Garabandal 60 years later, is gonna be a shot of mercy where we get a moment where all of us across the world get to see what our soul looks like in the sight of God. Are we there yet? No, the church has not fully moved into eclipse. But if you're gonna sit there and tell me that the one holy Catholic and apostolic church is shining brightly like a beacon in this world, at this time, you're fooling yourself because you're definitely not fooling me. That time is approaching fast. Whatever the apparition, whatever the final message is, whatever that last dire warning that our Lord said to the seers of Garamondal, was going to be a last-ditch effort to convert the whole world. No one will be left untouched by that miracle. And I pray God doesn't do it like what blessed Maria Marie-Julie Jeheny predicted. <clears throat> and it wasn't just Marie-Julie Jeheny. There were several others. Padre Pio. Padre Pio also... mm, Padre Pio had the veil of it... Put in his will that the veil that was used to cover his face at his funeral would be sent to to, uh, Maria Conchita Gonzalez. I think her last name is Gonzalez. Seems to roll off the tongue, doesn't it? Because he saw the miracle... Let me say that again. Padre Pio, Saint Padre Pio, saw the miracle. Padre Pio, pray for us. Padre Pio saw the miracle of Garibandal. Quite possibly the greatest saint of the 20th century saw the miracle. Knew the message. Knew what was going on in Garabandal, Spain. If for no other reason, that should probably be it. And I know that there are podcasters, in particular one whom I regard very highly, Dr. Anthony Stein who refused to talk about apparitions that are not approved by the church. Which runs into a problem because any apparition that had anything to do with any bishop in the immediate vicinity or after the Second Vatican Council, because this is where it gets really funny, because because the apparition of Our Lady in Akita, Japan, started out, everything was just fine, and then it was immediately suppressed and I believe that it started out just fine because the bishop in Akita, the bishop over the diocese that contains Akita, didn't get the memo. He wouldn't have been as in the know as the bishop over Gadabandal. He simply wouldn't have been. Remember, up until recently, if it wasn't happening in Europe, it wasn't happening, according to the Church. That's how Our Lady—that's how Our Lady's apparitions in Cabejo managed to slide under the under the radar. I mean, not like anybody did anything about him anyway. Rwanda still suffered a genocide that Our Lady tried to stop. Am I running off after any, every message? I'm going to be honest with you. No. Not every one of Our ladies' apparitions catches my attention. Fatima does. Because it's kind of a big deal. Akita does. Because it fills in the blanks of Fatima. La Salette does. Because it's one of the ones, <clears throat> because it's one of the ones where they say bishop against bishop and cardinal against cardinal, and Rome will lose the faith. And Garabandal does. Because Garabandal answers the Vatican's challenge. See, our lady asked for a bunch of stuff at Fatima, and then. The Pope and the bishops refused. And so she stopped asking. And that was kind of the trend. That was the thing that I noticed. It was, oh, hey, look at that. She stopped asking for stuff that didn't have to do with the individual. (laughs) She asked for the Pope to consecrate Russia and to promulgate the first Saturday devotions. He didn't, the bishops didn't, nobody even knows. Seriously, nobody even knew the Fatima prayer, like the Fatima prayer, O oh my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, for, lead all souls into heaven, especially those most in need of thy mercy. Domini Jesu, nostra, salvanos abigne feri, omnes animas, the mask i miss it nobody knew that prayer until john paul II got shot think about that no one knew the Fatima prayer until john paul iI was shot The prayer that they pray in every Novus Ordo church at the end of every decade, the prayer that they pray in every, in every traditional church, whether it's the fraternity or the society or the institutes, nobody knew that prayer until after John Paul II got shot. Wrap your head around that. They've done a fantastic job in suppressing all of the stuff, everything that was necessary, to call Catholics back to the faith. Notice, I'm not saying everything that's necessary for salvation, because it's not like we're adding to the gospel. It's not like we're adding to. It's not like we're adding to public revelation. We're talking about private revelation, which is designed explicitly to bring Catholics back. Why? Because we know the faith, we're supposed to anyway, and we need to come back. That's what those apparitions are all about. That's what they're for. What's the message? The Eucharist. What's the message? Chastity, purity, modesty. What's the message? The Eucharist. Our Lady offers her hand, says, Take my hand and I will bring you to my son, our Lord. Take my hand and I will bring you to my son, our Lord. That's the offer. Fatima, it was the Pope and the bishops, do this thing, promote, promote this, bring everybody back. Well, the Pope didn't do it. The bishops didn't do it. They conspired to hide the message. Why? Probably because it exposed their deeds. They fought to hide it anyway, despite the fact that we knew about it back in the 19th century in La Salette. If you've been a student of any of these apparitions, then you know that they talked about a wicked council. A wicked council. Those are actually the words. And now we're fighting this so-called Great Reset, which is nothing more than global communism. I mean, that's what it is. Oh, it's a Great Reset. Oh, yeah, really? It's such a Great Reset, it looks exactly like Chinese communism which is just a rehash of Soviet communism. <laughs> hey, look at that, it's atheistic communism all over again. That's what we're fighting. <sighs> So I'll promote Garabandal as much as I can, just like I talk about Fatima, like it's a fact, because it's a fact. Somebody's going to have to explain to me how you levitate without, you know, with using only natural means. Explain to me how you make a 12-year-old girl levitate without, like, some high-powered electromagnets or some junk like that. Oh, it's natural. Yeah, my eye. Certainly not just praeternatural, because the message is kind of all about the Eucharist. It's all about repentance. It's all about bringing us back. It's a perfectly orthodox Catholic message and the prophecies, the, Hey, this is going to happen if, Hey, look at that. You look at history, it's happened, but we're not at the end yet. And that's the thing. Everybody really needs to be concerned about is we're not at the end yet. And I don't mean that we need to be concerned about it as, Oh my goodness, the world is ending, whatever. If you're in a state of grace, the end of the world's not a problem. And maybe that's the bigger reminder. If you're a Catholic in a state of grace, it doesn't matter if the world ends. If you're a Catholic in a state of grace... (coughs) Excuse me. If you're a Catholic in a state of grace... As bad as whatever the chastisements are going to be, what have you to fear? If you're praying and you're fasting and you're trying to make a heroic effort to get to heaven, to be a friend of our Lord, to be a child of our mother, Mary, the virgin mother of God, if you're making a concerted effort and you're in a state of grace... You're doing everything that you can. What does a chastisement even matter? I'm not worried about the chastisement for my own soul. I know what I'm trying to do. I I may not be succeeding as well as I'd like to be, and Lord knows that's true. But I know what I'm fighting to- for, and I know what I'm working towards, and I know, and and I know why. And as long as I'm in a state of grace, I have nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. Except purgatory. But even purgatory ends, and that's kind of the point. <laughs> In traditional Catholics, who talk about the apparitions, we need to remember that as long as we're in a state of grace, we have nothing to fear. The three days of darkness, as bad as that can be, and from what I understand, having read much about it, it's pretty bad. Horrifying. The warning, that moment or period of time where God shows each and every one of us the conditions of our souls in his eyes. Oh, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt a lot. I don't want to see that. (laughs) I really don't. I don't want to see the scars and the deformations caused by my sin. I'm well aware of what my sins are. They're always in front of me. And if they're always and if your sins are always in front of you, you don't want to see that either. Because you know what they are. And so, yes, in that moment, it's going to suck. It's going to hurt. But if you're in a state of grace, you've nothing to fear. And that's kind of the secret. If you're in a state of grace... And you're cleaving yourself to the cross and you're praying the rosary and you're saying and you're saying your prayers and you're doing spiritual reading and you're doing as much as you can according to your state and status in life, then you have nothing to fear. Could you be doing better? Yes. Should you be doing better? Yes. Are you doing better? Well, I don't know. That's that's for you to answer, and it's not for you to answer to me. It's an answer for yourself. The apparition of Garibandel took away the institutional narrative, the institutional portion of it. We no longer actually have to act as a whole church, not because we are released from that obligation, but simply because Our Lady knows that if the bishops aren't going to do what they're supposed to do, if priests aren't going to do what they're supposed to do, if cardinals are not going to do what they're supposed to do, if the church is in the midst of a massive apostasy, starting with the Holy Father and working his way the whole way down through all of the religious orders, most of them anyway, then that means we ourselves have to pick up our rosaries, Get to confession, do reparation, do you know make reparation, do penance. Again, according to our state and status, according to what is actually good for us, you know you shouldn't be sitting in front of your home altar whipping yourself with you know metal rods or whatever while you're while you're praying the Rosary. I think that might be stupid, just saying, But meditating on on the passion of our Lord. Meditating on the Holy Gospel. It's kind of there. It's always been part of Catholic teaching. Those might actually be important. That might actually be important. It might be necessary for the salvation of your soul. Your soul. If you're a father leading your leading the family rosary might be necessary for the salvation of your soul because I'm going to be blunt dad if you're not leading your family in prayer of the holy rosary you're failing you are failing Likewise, Mom, if Dad's not around and you're not leading the family in the Holy Rosary, you're failing. If as parents you're not forming your children, you're failing. Remember, according to your state and status. Are you expected to be Padre Pio? Not if you're a parent. Padre Pio was a priest. If you're a mom or dad, you have mom or dad duties. And failure is an option, it's a bad one, because the because the clock is ticking. Because Rome has doubled its efforts to try and suppress things like. Catholicism. And it's exciting some animosity from the bishops who actually want to be Orthodox Catholics. And it's exciting a desire for more Orthodoxy amidst the Catholic faith, among priests and the laity, and Rome seems to be headed in the other direction. And I gotta be honest with you, it doesn't look like it's gonna stop. It doesn't look like it's gonna stop until that day. And when that day comes, for a lot of people, it's gonna be too late. It is potentially a revelation that could be fatal. Why? Because it is possible to die of shame. It is possible to die of grief. It is possible to die of sadness and regret. Those things are absolutely possible. It's also possible to die of fear. And, if the testimony is accurate, and I have no reason to doubt it, it would seem that you can also die of happiness. I gotta admit, if I was going to choose, I'd choose to go the way of dying of happiness. I would hate I would hate to be di- to die of shame and grief and fear and regret. And those things are easily possible. Do I know what to make of Medjugorje? No. Do I care? I don't think I have to. Because either the apparitions of Medjugorje follow suit with the ones that have already happened, that have already been documented, or they don't. If you've taken it, if you had an opportunity, on YouTube, there's a channel called De Cre- uh, called Decrevi, Determined to be Catholic. And he doesn't really know what to make of the Medjugorje apparitions themselves, but he does know that people are converting to the faith. He does know that Medjugorje is having an impact on the faithful. Personally, I'm not a fan of Medjugorje. There's something a little too fluffy about the messages. And that's kind of the important thing to keep in mind. It could be the tone and tenor changed, but the message hasn't. That's distinctively possible. But all of the other apparitions kind of come with warnings. You should probably do this before that happens. And in some of the apparitions, Our Lady sounds desperate. Desperate to try and keep the calamities that are about to happen from happening. And we'll see. We'll see. If you're listening to this podcast, you know there are things that we should be doing as Catholics. You know that you should be praying the rosary. You know that if you're enrolled in the brown scapular, then <clears throat> then actually praying the rosary is kind of obligatory if you want to get the promises and the graces. But you probably need to ha- add an at least an hour, one of the hours of the little office or the divine office. Why? Because that's part of it. The message of Our Lady of Fatima says that there should, that we should be praying the rosary. In fact, if you bundled up everything that came, because keep in mind that everybody refers to her as Our Lady of Fatima, but she is Our Lady of the rosary. And if you tie together everything that was put out in those apparition in, in that apparition, then you should be praying the rosary and at least one of the hours of the divine office, in order to fulfill the obligation when you wear the brown scapular, in order to receive all of the graces. It is both five decades of the rosary and at least one hour one of the hours of the of either the little office or the divine office. It's both. Not just one. They like to leave that out, <clears throat> and I got to tell you, since i started praying the little office, because it took me a long like when, like if you actually get like a breviary and you're trying to like a, a physical a physical hard copy of the breviary, and you're trying and you're trying to pray the office, um, it's. Kind of complicated because the rubrics in a breviary have you jumping around from page to page. But the little office is much, much smoother. But even then, you got to ask yourself, which little office? Do you trust anything that was published with text after 1962? I wouldn't recommend it. Have an app on my phone that has the breviary on it. The modern breviary. And you go to read the and you go to read the text of the modern breviary and you go to read the even just <clears throat> the difference between that and the little office are it's huge. To say nothing of what it's of, of what it's like in a monastic diurnal or you know, or or a full size breviary. It's huge. The the difference is out of control. I believe Garabandal happened at its time because it was the benchmark. It would be at that point where Our Lady knew for certain they're not going to reveal the third secret. They're not going to do... They weren't going to do... It's literally... They were supposed to reveal the third secret in 1960. They didn't. And in 1962 the apparitions begin in Garabandal. So it should be pretty obvious that one was a response to the other. Okay, the Pope and the bishops aren't going to do their thing? Fine, we're going to try this again, and we're going to to just basically appeal directly to the believers. And you know why these apparitions are important? They're important not because they reveal anything new. These apparitions are important because they re- because they remind us of the stakes. Our Lady in Fatima showed the three shepherd children what the risks were. She showed them hell. <clears throat> She showed them hell, where poor souls go. In Garabandal, she showed the children what would come to pass if they failed to repent. She talked about chastisements. We always look at it as though it's going to be something physical. But let me ask you this, is it a greater chastisement for us to go to war in Ukraine or for us to see children targeted for genital mutilation and be targeted for sexual use by perverts in drag shows And be targeted for brainwashing by corrupted, confused individuals who can't even tell whether or not they're man or woman. Is it a greater chastisement for us to go to war and have our young men and women fight and die? Or is it a greater chastisement to have our children, our toddlers, corrupted? Which is the greater chastisement? What do you think the greater chastisement is? Because as much as death and death and destruction and mayhem in the form of war and starvation and poverty as much as bad as that is I don't put that on the same level as the corruption of an entire generation of children. I don't put that on the on the same level because the corruption of an entire generation of children is far far worse. I would suffer death. I would suffer war a thousand times to keep children from the corruption that they're being exposed to across the world right now, today. I would argue that what we're going through right now is a far worse chastisement. It's far worse than war. It's far worse than famine. And it's the result of the bishops and the priests and the cardinals and even the Pope himself abandoning their posts. Because the because the institutional church, the human element, temporal Rome, refuses to do its job. Which is... To take care of and provide for the salvation of souls. But because they can't be bothered to do their job, we get Catholics, so-called, like Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi or Emmanuel Macron or Justin Trudeau. And we're surprised and we're shocked. Priests like Father James Martin or Father Thomas Reese, S.J., the both of them, are a far worse chastisement than famine, than nuclear war. Having some wicked priest come out and talk about it's, it's okay to have women be ordained, and the divorced and civilly remarried to go ahead and receive the Eucharist, like the Eucharist was some sort of spiritual consolation prize. It is the body, the blood, the soul, and the divinity of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ manifest on earth, in our presence, every day, in all of the tabernacles, on all of the altars around the world. And yet so many of the clergy don't treat it as such. That is a far worse chastisement. And when the spiritual toll is shown and the number of damned souls that were led into perdition because of bad priests and bad religious and bad bishops and bad cardinals when the when the spiritual death toll is finally accounted for then i think everybody will fully understand that what our lady was talking about was far worse than anything we could cook up in our own imaginations because in our own imaginations we got earthquakes and we got hurricanes and we got wars and rumors of war and we got famines and we got all of these things that every last one of them have to do with the physical reality physical temporal material the gold that rust doth corrode and the goods that the moth doth destroy I'd love to be able to throw my chips in behind, oh, yeah, whatever the church says, this is obviously going to be good to go. But so long as bishops like Archbishop Vigneron are allowed to continue, as long as Bishop, excuse me, as long as bishops become cardinals like Cardinal Wilton Gregory or Cardinal McElroy, who are both cut from the cloth of Cardinal Ted McCarrick, so long as they're allowed. To occupy the upper echelons of the hierarchy. I'm just not going to take them as seriously as I would, you know, Padre Pio. Or Father Willie Doyle. Or Bishop Fulton Sheen. Anyway. I'm going to repost the episodes on Our Lady of America. And once those are reposted, and I'll put some links in the description and all that stuff for for those podcasts, you can tell me. You can tell me. I hope and pray that you had a merry and blessed Christmas. Viva Cristo Rey. <laughs> Laudate Jesu Christi. Incycola. Christ is born. Christ the King is born. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus,